from the advertising media capital of the world, New Milford, Connecticut, wherever that is. This is Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, a bi-weekly-ish podcast about all things automotive marketing. Now, here's your host, Matt Wilson. Oh, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, the bi-weekly-ish podcast all about marketing in the automotive industry, mostly. Sponsored by Stoke which is what's in this cup. The best cold brew on the planet. Actually, they're not really a sponsor. I'd like to get them as a sponsor, though, because I'm like, I love this stuff. Call me Stoke. Anyway, welcome to another episode. Good to be here. The beginning of the month here in October. Everybody in the auto industry getting ready for another month. September, pretty good for uh, most. Hopefully October as well. I got a cool guest today joining me here on Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. We'll bring him on the uh, screen right now. His name is Sean Boyle. He's the owner at Momentum Digital. They're in Philadelphia. What's up, Sean? How you doing? What's going on, Matt? How are you, man? Thanks for having me on the show, bro. I love the intro. That's fantastic. You like that? That's Jim McCarthy. Let me get his little thing on the screen. That's Jim McCarthy from Jim McCarthy Voiceovers at Jim, Jim McCarthy Voiceovers.com. I've known this guy for 20 years, used to work in radio together in the late 90s. He's the man. You should use him for your podcast. I definitely will. Right after this episode, I'm going to contact him. That's, that's so professional. I have listened uh, to your podcast. And I totally dig it. The Sean Boyle podcast, it's called. I encourage people to check out the Sean Boyle podcast, all places that podcasts can be found. Let's talk first. I think the thing, I can't remember how, how, we, how I found you or how we found each other. It's usually via LinkedIn is how I find most people. But uh, let's talk first about video. So um, your agency uh, deals a lot with um Realty, right? And you uh, are heavily uh, wor uh, working in that uh, vertical. And one of the things that you guys specialize in is video, particularly those 360 degree tours of um, of uh, properties, which, you know, to, to my knowledge, from the dealer perspective, like when I was the marketing director at a dealer group, I can't remember. Some guy contacted me, I paid him a couple hundred bucks, and he came in and did a bunch of, you know, camera sh sh shots in the morning at 8.30 and we used the file and uploaded it to Google, right? This was like probably five, six years ago. So how, it, so was that the beginning of this type of um, uh, video? How do you guys do it? And how has it changed um, how you sell and market real estate? So Matterport, Matt, is the virtual tour technology we use based out of San Francisco. They're about a decade old now as a company. And it's one of these things, man, where you're probably familiar with the Google Street View, those virtual tours. Yep. And I ultimately was saying, hey, you know, these tours really aren't that good. They, they in terms of the quality, they're just not there. I mean, you would think with Google, they would have a whole robust system. Yeah. It would be, you know, the, on the up and up, but it's just not there. So we came up with Matterport. My business partner came to me and he pretty much, you know, set the concept and, and SOP uh, into the company. And once we started to really think, oh my God, we can actually do something with this, COVID hit, right? And we oh. just exploded. I mean, it, you know, I, I hate to say it was a perfect time for us because I know a lot of people like our, our freaking president has, uh, has COVID now, yeah. right? Yep. <laughs> but dude, it was a perfect time for us because we started to really expand, especially in real estate. I mean, in the Philadelphia area, 
it's just tremendous. We were able to help 300 plus realtors sell their properties. And now it's a precedent where if you don't have a virtual tour, you're not, you know, not saying you're not going to sell your property fast, but it's almost like a, you know, it's like photos were when they were first introduced or a video now, you know what I mean? So the virtual tour, you guys can go on matterport.com, check out all of the exclusive packages they have right there. But I mean, it's fantastic. And, and the best part about it is, you know, you can shoot it with your iPhone, man. It's pretty easy. I like to wow. say that Helen Keller could learn how to shoot these stories because <laughs> it's just that easy. There's no barriers to entry. So there's no excuses. I'm sure they have like their really fancy schmancy, you know, thousand dollar plus cameras, but it's uh, it's pretty easy. And, and, you know, I would urge anyone who like, you know, for you or because like you said, with automotive, you know, we've shot you know, Kia dealerships, um, Acura, working on those like big name brands like Mercedes Benz and Porsche. That's coming yeah. up. But nice. uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's it's a really good uh, coming from someone who just graduated college getting right into the the book of business with digital uh, marketing and with these virtual tours couldn't be a better adjustment couldn't be a better segue uh all right a couple things i wanted to um talk about there when so so the video gets shot or you shoot it yourself this company puts it together what format like can can dealers use it on their website on google in email blasts like it on you know there's so many different honestly ways the the bread and butter what we do matt is we give them a link where they can post on their social instagram facebook whatever right linkedin and then we can have them uh give them an embedded code which gets posted on their website and it's cool because we can post this you know we can go to google and we could actually publish it on google too and Inside the tour, let's just say we're talking about like a dealership, right? Like a Mercedes-Benz dealership. And they have an AMG. They have all these awesome dope-ass cars that are way too expensive for me right now. But um, you could put tags called matter tags. It looks Mm -hmm. like a a teenager with acne, all these red dots, right? You click on it, and it expands and say, hey, uh, 2020 Mercedes-AMG, all the description. And you can have a link, a call to action. You can actually put a Vimeo and a YouTube video inside the tour, Right. Oh wow! And we can also we're we're working on a uh, a system right now, Matt, where we're actually incorporating SEO into it. So, like for instance, if I was um, you know, let's just say I had a bar, which I actually did. We can talk about that a little bit. Um, let's just say it's called the Boiler Room, and we were trying to rank for bars in Philadelphia. Right. I want the tour to act as a blog piece of content. Obviously, we could you know embed it with a bunch of technical SEO and then post it on the website, which is going to get more attractive, kind of just like a snowball effect. So there's so many nuanced solutions. I mean, whether you're in automotive, real estate, retail, restaurants, whatever, you know, there's definitely call to actions there. And um, it, it's customizable for every every single industry, you know. Dealers, so dealers are always trying to differentiate themselves, right? And in a lot of situations, yep. a dealer is graded uh, by their manufacturer on certain amenities that customers remember them offering. Uh, so it's not enough to have gourmet coffee available in your dealership. If your customer doesn't remember that it, you have it and yeah. rate, rate you on a, a manufacturer survey about it, then it doesn't count. Right. So in a situation like that, would a dealer be able to like drop those little dots on different things in their showroom? Like here's our gourmet Starbucks coffee area. Here's our waiting area with free Wi-Fi and a 55 inch TV. Here's the area where you can, you know, you wait for the shuttle to come, bring you to work. Like, would you be able to kind of pin areas yeah. like that? Absolutely. So I'll give you an example. The Philadelphia Convention Center, right? Yep. About 800,000 square feet. Trump was there last week. 
Um, it, they, we do car shows, all kinds of very creative stuff, right? I remember I was like 13 years old. I couldn't even drive yet. And there's a, a little track where you can like go up a hill with like a Jeep and oh my God, it was so much fun. But for the tour, we can actually put a tag and have a little bit of a glossary or an index because we can color code the tags, right? Mm -hmm. So in the first floor, it's going to be red, right? Second floor is going to be blue. Third floor is going to be red. You know, sure, we can label all these kinds of gourmet coffee things or all these other rooms, but thinking big picture, we can customize it where, you know, I want the person who needs to go if they're a vendor and they're looking to buy space in the second floor or rent it out, they can go to the second floor in the fastest time possible. As much as I'd love them to, you know, tour the entire convention center. Right, of course. You know, I don't want them to be bored and, and say, oh my God, like this is, you know, it, it's taking way too much time to get where I want. You know what I mean? So there's, there's a lot of different ways where we could do um, exactly what you're talking about. It's really just based on the client, man. And um, we've been fortunate enough to work with so many companies uh, as we speak. And it's only going to grow. You know, we're in a very, very demanding industry right now. And COVID really um, proved that. You know, people that are not up to par with their digital marketing, Google My Business website, SEO as a whole, and then you add virtual tours to the mix. Now it's a whole nother level. Yeah. Right. A whole nother level. So it's just leveling up. I mean, Elon Musk wants to put chips in our head and, and that's like 2030, you know, that's, that's, or maybe even not that late, but you get my point, man. We're, we're on the up and up and always looking to create, man. You know, talking about timing too, like you said, you know, you hate to, to say it as like, we capitalized on this opportunity, but there's a lot of industries and a lot of people that have, uh, benefited from it in a way that also benefits the consumer, right? So if sure. you look uh, at the standpoint, like just from an automotive standpoint, okay, so maybe auto dealers have been resisting this thing that we in our industry call digital retailing because um, they want a person to come in to the showroom and buy a car. You have more chance of upselling the person, making more gross profit on the deal. And dealers think if you sell a car online or do most of it online, you give up that opportunity. So a lot of dealers have done it in the past, but a lot of dealers have been resistant to it. Well, what happened when COVID hit? Everyone thought, oh man, I should have been doing this. And they all scrambled on. So all those digital retailing businesses were like, you know, uh, you know, growing. And if you look at it, even from like an auto parts store or a DIY, like a Home Depot type place, people shifted from like hiring people to come work on their house to like, well, I'm home. I got nothing to do. I either lost my job or I'm working from home and I wrap things up at four o'clock. Let me redo my bathroom and do it myself. Um, so a lot of industries uh, have, you know, seen a shift because of the, you know, the sort of the panic and prepare and the quarantine routine, uh, you know, part of the year this year. Like, you know, if you even look at um, like fast food restaurants, those places were set up for this. They were yeah. set up for you can get food and not have to go inside a restaurant. Bread and butter, dude. And those places were like, like totally up. But that being said, like with things that have changed, like I, I've used this example on my, on my, um, on the podcast before my favorite pizza place, there's like eight pizza places in my town, right? My right. favorite pizza place does curbside now like you call you order the pizza you give them your debit card and you call them when you get there and they bring it out to your car well i'll tell you what if i could do that for the rest of my life i would do that instead of going inside standing in line having someone cough on the back of my neck like i like that i'll, I'll eat in a restaurant but to make takeout convenient like that so i guess what i'm getting at is will this change the way that real estate is marketed so i assume there's less walkthroughs happening and more things happening virtually right now. Will it stay like that going forward? 
Sure. I mean, dude, you're, you're lucky because, you know, I'm in Philadelphia and we have this awesome place called Santucci's. Uh, you know, um, Barstool, Dave Portnoy, yep, he goes to yep. all these shops, right? Yep. So he was at Santucci's and they don't take credit card. They don't deliver. They don't do, you know, they, you just have to do takeout, right? Yep. Or eat in, which you can't, so you have to take it out. And this is all the way in South Philly. So, dude, this is like, you know, when the iPhone 1 just dropped, there was like lines upon lines, like the city's crowded, you know, like people are going crazy. And it's just that good a pizza. I think Dave rated it like a 9.3, but you're lucky on that, um, that you can yeah. get it, <laughs> you can get it, take it out, uh, which is great. But yeah, I mean, in terms of real estate, man, obviously these are going to be marketed differently. People are making, you know, custom videos now there. You can see like, oh, they're making a, Hey, my name's Sean Boyle. I'm at one, two, three Pine street. And they're doing it that way. So with the virtual tours, um, I can actually send you an example after the show, but yeah, we sure. did it. 3D uh, model of a home in Hawaii, right? Uh -huh. That wasn't even built yet. So we, we totally rendered it. We just got the blueprints and it was actually a club owner in Philadelphia who, um, it was the project and, and it's going to be his house. And it was one of these crazy things, man, where we just got the blueprints. They said, hey, run with it. Like, here's the finishes. Here's the Italian finishes. Here's the exterior, interior. Here's what we want to do. And we made it. And, and I think we hired some guy in India for like a couple hundred bucks, we charged like at least a grand mm -hmm. and our profit margins were just crazy, right. you know, at least like 80%. So it's, you know, it's hard to say right now, Matt, where the standard is. I think it's obviously virtual tours with photos, with virtual staging, you know, where if people don't know what that is, a picture of your house is completely vacant, no furniture. We can actually embed furniture whether that's modern finishes or more luxury cool. or more business oriented. Yeah, it's great. And I definitely think that's the future, but in terms of, you know, what's next, it's, it's really up to us. I mean, that's why I'm trying to hop on these virtual tours and make it a president, make it a standard, you know, cause yeah. momentum 360, we have 40 locations in the U S and the big thing for me is I just want to be an industry disruptor. I'm not going to be like this complacent business owner to say, Hey, this is how it is now. I'm, I make the rules now. You know what I mean? I want to make it. So it's Matt reports, the King and you know, virtual staging is uh, that's how it is too. So dude, there in 2020, there's so many different ways to market a property. I mean, it goes so much farther than real estate. You know, there's so many different industries that we've talked about, but yeah, I think virtual tours are here to stay right now. Um, especially in Philadelphia, man, it, properties are flying off the market. I mean, I was talking to, we have a, a shoot right now in Jersey that's going on as we speak. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to the guy and he's like, yeah, I want to get this virtual tour. But I'm like, dude, I got to be honest with you. I'm like trying to save you a couple hundred bucks. You don't even need this thing. I mean, properties are flying off the market right now. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, um, it, it's better than sliced bread. I mean, I, I swear to God, it's, it's so crazy. Um, but that's how it is right now, man. It's, it's a great time to, to be in the digital space for sure. You know, what other kinds of, you know, okay. So just from a dealer standpoint for the dealers listening, I, you know, to me, the key takeaway on the 360 tour, the matter Matterport, uh, part yeah. of that to me is, okay, most dealers probably have their Google 360 up there, right? But the, mm -hmm. the, the difference in the value um, could be the quality of the video and the red dots that explain what's going on and show inventory and show, which is something that you can't get from Google, which from a dealer standpoint could be good for CSI or KPI or, you know, depending on what, sure. what your OEM calls it. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a takeaway for that. Uh, for, from a uh, agency standpoint, what other types of digital are you, by the way, before I think of it, I have a, somebody, a, a real estate agent who I know who, I don't know if I had her on the podcast or not. 
or I've just talked to her a couple times who you, I need to hook you up with because Dude. she does um, commercial and residential in Southern Connecticut, like Stanford, Greenwich, Norwalk area. So I'll remind me to hook, hook you up with her. Um, I don't need to say that on the podcast, but if I don't say it out loud, I'll totally forget. <laughs> I'm the same way, bro. It's all yeah. good. Uh, so what are the types of digital marketing are, um, are you guys utilizing that is having, you know, cause I think efficiency of spend has become very important in automotive and we're realizing we're all spending all this money on this stuff that are like nice to do's, but you don't really need to be doing them. So what are yeah. some of the like need to be doing mission critical things that are working uh, right now in your industry? So I'll tell you a story. Our founder, our original founder of Momentum, Mac Frederick, who used to work at Google, and I'm going to kind of tell his story if he doesn't mind. Okay. Um, he used to work at Google and he was doing ads, right? He was in the ad space. And when he was at the ad space, he started on the side, you know, working with clients outside of business hours. You get what I'm saying? And was more so preaching, hey, you know, I can give you Google ads, but what you really need is local SEO, Right. Right. Because Google ads, as you know, like for people who don't know, obviously they know what they are, but you can do location based uh, search where you can highlight your Google My Business. You can highlight, you know, local searches. So, for instance, for me, I would do try to bid on virtual tours in Los Angeles, 3D tours in Los Angeles and then, you know, break it up by niche and then um, and location because there's so many different uh, niches for virtual tours. But. What I would bank on right now, the fundamentals is local SEO. So getting your Google My Business, getting social bookmarks, social citations, and just go on ubersuggest.com. Neil Patel, you probably know about that, Matt. Yep. Great guy in the marketing space. And it's free. It's free. So ubersuggest gives you a free audit of your website. Okay, what's my page uh, word count on this page? You know, what's this? Do we have a sitemap? Do we have all this technical stuff on the, on the uh, website. That's the biggest thing too. The next thing I would say obviously is, cause let's be honest, you know, these virtual tours are a commodity. They're more so a luxury product. And at the core of it, obviously America is struggling right now with small businesses. So as much as I'd love to sit here and say, oh yeah, these virtual tours are great to really impact your small business. That's why I'm, I'm trying to get in a solid SOP with SEO and the virtual tours. So it's mm -hmm. more of a fundamental practice rather than, oh, here's just some luxury product that we don't necessarily know if it's going to be good, you know, in the extended future, you know, not right. in the immediate, but in the extended future. So yeah, man, I mean, local SEO is great. Um, we're talking about LinkedIn stories behind it. I, I think that LinkedIn is a huge platform and a lot of people are under utilizing it. Like I was like six months ago, I thought it as a, like TikTok. I was just like, you know, I'm not going to touch this. It's I'm more so on Instagram, Facebook. And, you know, you need to be on LinkedIn. You need to be on every single platform you can be. There's no excuses, you know, and I know TikTok's more of a, <laughs> I'm not the biggest believer in TikTok uh, yeah. to be honest with you. I'm just being transparent, but you need to make content, man. You need to make content for all different platforms. Yeah. So that's why, you know, and, and again, if your business doesn't have like a podcast or show or something, make one, you know, you can go on anchor, you can go on all these different free softwares and it's never been easier. So content, 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 and then obviously back that up with a fundamental base of local SEO. So that's what I would definitely recommend, man. You were talking about social media, you know, maybe not knowing or believing in TikTok. I felt, I feel the same way about some of them, right? It's hard to be on all yeah. of them and do well on all of them. A couple of weeks ago, I had a conversation with Shane Dwyer, who's the head of us automotive for snap, snap, Inc., okay. Snapchat. Sure. And you know, I think dealers are like, ah, Snapchat, it's younger kids. I don't, you know, da, da, da. but when you talk to the guy and you start to get some of the statistics and metrics from Snapchat, you're like, why am I not, look, why am I not putting my content on 
you know, why am I not utilizing Snapchat? And in automotive, yeah. you know, we're, we're a little behind in automotive. So, you know, automotive is like, okay, we're on Facebook and then some dealerships are on Twitter, but the bulk of dealerships, you know, if you search, created a Twitter account four or five years ago, did some stuff for three weeks and then haven't touched it in two years. You know, that's a, something I see a lot. Um, and then I haven't even thought about Snapchat or TikTok or, or same thing with Instagram. They've started, started an Instagram, used it really well for a while. And then the person who was doing it quit or got fired and no one knows the password and they just ignored it. Like that happens all the time in automotive. But you got to stick yeah. with it. And I've been trying to stick with it for my own, you know, my own like business, me as an account director in an agency and also for my podcast. But it is time consuming sometimes. That stuff isn't, doesn't happen. You know, you got to spend a little time doing it. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I mean, we have this great girl, Callie, now who goes to the Temple, who is doing all of our graphic design for our socials, for our website, blog, all that stuff. And for me, I'm colorblind, right? I'm red, green, colorblind, legitimately. Oh, wow. okay. So, so um, it's one of these things where I don't like to make excuses, but in this case, it's like, I just made a design, you know, last month and like, Sean, you know, our company colors are, are blue and white. Right. And I, I put like purple or something. I didn't know the difference. <laughs> I just yeah. didn't know. And I think obviously having that concrete plan, mapping out what you want. And then if you have the money, right. If you have the budget to go out and say, okay, we're going to hire someone that can be a VA, you know, in India, go on Fiverr, go on Upwork, go on, you know, all these different platforms uh, where you can get jobs from and get that person. Uh, and, you know, in my case, you really need to do your due diligence of who you're going to hire, whether that's yeah. a VA or some intern, because if you don't have the budget, what are you going to teach them? Is it going to be something where you have more resources? Is it going to be opening up to more networking opportunities, more growth with the company, more client work? So you need to say, okay, if we're not going to pay you, we need to, you know, obviously suffice that with, you know, other, other resources. So, um, I definitely see content being uh, like all around it as, as a general thing. You need, you need to be creating. I mean, if yeah. you're not creating, you're dying. And far too many, as you can probably uh, agree with this too, clients we've seen automotive and just digital. I mean, there's so many different clients we have that aren't utilizing like just the core essentials, man, like Facebook, IG, LinkedIn, and, and then thinking Snapchat and TikTok. I mean, no one's doing that. I mean, it's, yeah. And, it, and it's a shame too, because I think we need to produce more awareness. I mean, we have the Gary V's, we have the Tony Robbins, but and sure they, they reach a lot of people too, but for these smaller people that necessarily aren't as technologically advanced who are more in a local town, I think that we need people like you and I to go out and, and preach this and just reiterate um, it for the people who really need to hear it the most. And, you know, I, I don't like to speak in generalities, but I think that we should be teaching them concrete strategies and actionable tactics that yeah. they can take home and say, and this is what I try to do in my show and you're doing it too. Like I want to have someone listen to my show when they're driving home from work and say, Oh my God, that, that tactic that Sean said about Google, my business or about, you know, posting on LinkedIn stories or whatever, I can do that when I get home. Right. Yeah. So it's, it, it's that actionable stuff. I, I had a, a guy on the, uh, on the show, like, I think it was like one of my first episodes, Matt, and he was just, he was talking about cryptocurrency and he was just like talking about, I, I was trying to ask him about how to invest, right? Like, how, like what, what are the tactics? What are the strategies? And he couldn't give me any concrete strategies. He was just like, oh, you got to invest. I'm like, All right, well, how do you do that? Can yeah, you like right. break it down? 
but and it gets me frustrated because I'm like, dude, you know, I'm trying to have you on the show and, and produce value, but if you just keep saying, oh, Bitcoin's great, you know, blockchain's great, that's not going to help anyone. You know what I mean? You, sure, we know it's great. It's an you know, emerging industry, but what are the tactics? What are the actionable things? You know, because I always like to say, you can do anything you want if you work for it, right? That's mm -hmm. the goal. But we need to be teaching things that are actually producing results. Yeah. Okay. And that is not necessarily the success. It's, it's more so getting started um, with whether you're creating a podcast or creating content. So, yeah, you just got to get started, man. One of the things that, you know, we see a lot in automotive from a social standpoint, you're just talking about, you know, whether who you hire and how you train them or what their background is, is mm. a dealer will use, a, you know, a software that they make a post and then it streams it, you know, posts it on all the social networks, which is not the way to do it. Obviously, you know that. And, mm. uh, you know, I'll give a shout out to um, a coworker at Silverback, Elena, uh, at my, at our, the agency I work for does all of our social posts. And what she does is what every dealer needs to do or in business for that matter, is think about who, think about your audience, right? It's even when you're creating content, think about who's reading it. So she'll write a post, Elena will write a post about like a podcast episode I did, right? And the, the post on the eight silverback advertising's Twitter, the, the verbiage, verbiage she uses is different than the verbiage she uses on Facebook. The, yep. the text that she uses, the copy is different on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, it's a little more buttoned up professional. Twitter, it's a little loose. Facebook, it's a little jokey. She, yeah. You know, she, our president of our company will, you know, she'll manage that and post it. And that's more like serious. Like my guy, account director, Matt, did this. On Twitter, it's more like, hey, our favorite dude. You know, I mean, like the, the language yeah. is different. It's a different person um, viewing it. And not only that, even if it's the same person, you know, we expect different things from different social networks and we go to those networks for different reasons. Right. Um, sure. And it's important for whoever's doing that to, to realize the difference. Just writing one thing and posting it across all the networks def defeats the purpose. Did you, you you've done like Crowdfire, I guess you, you've heard of it. Yeah. I remember when we first got started with Crowdfire and I thought, oh, my God, this is the next big thing. And um, me, like being a very jovial and, and just like optimistic kid, I was like, oh, we got to hop on this like ASAP. Let's go. And we started posting and they were like, oh my God, like we're not getting really like that much, our KPIs are all messed up, like what's going on? And then I thought about it, I was like, oh, you can't use the same language as we were in Twitter with LinkedIn. Yeah. It's just not gonna work. So I think, yeah, you're, you're completely right. I mean, take it case by case and really, again, you know, make an audit. What are you, what's your language gonna be? What's your What's your verbiage? Is it, is it going to be, you know? And again, I, I know that there's a, a tightrope you can walk with being a little more loose, being a little more strict, but you have to play to their guidelines. You yeah. can't make content for every single platform. And this is what Gary Vee preaches, right? He preaches, you know, you can make 50, 60 pieces of content a day. You can create one video, but it has to be different. It has to be yeah. different. I and mean, you look at his, you go follow Gary Vee on, on LinkedIn. It's more professional. It's more, you know, obviously he's just being himself. He's not putting on some kind of mask, but he is um, speaking in a different tone. And, and Twitter, he's a little more loose. And uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram is a little more loose. So, um, and I'm pretty sure he's on TikTok too. And that's, that's yeah. the loosest, that's the loosest one of them all. So I have, yeah, I was I have different expectations. Like I said, from each one, right? Like if I want angry people arguing about politics, then I go to Facebook. If I want yeah. snarky, amusing, uh, sports posts and updates from teams and that kind of stuff, I go to Twitter. If I want funny, like picture type stuff, I'll go to Instagram stories. If I want pictures of kids, I go to Instagram. If I want, uh, you know, professional networking and like that, then I go to LinkedIn. Um, 
And, and so for that reason, I, I'm guessing that you kind of use it the same way. For that reason, the content has to differ. Yeah, for sure, dude. And, you know, with these virtual tours, we don't even, like you said, we don't even market the same. Like, for instance, if someone's going to post a tour on uh, like a Facebook or Twitter, sure, it populates the same, right. but I want there to be different. Like for Facebook, I love where you probably heard of this too. You can create a 360 view, right? Like a, yep. for a post. And what we can do as an agency is actually take a pano, 360 pano of one, and this is what clients, you know, if they, if they say, hey, they're a little more digital market, uh, digital, you know, savvy. Mm -hmm. uh, we take a 360 pano and post it on the uh, Facebook, on their Facebook page, and then they can go around and then click into the tour, and then it engulfs into the whole Matterport thing. So, yeah, I mean, whatever kind of content you're creating, again, verbiage, but even with the tour, man, we need to be conscious of that too, because for LinkedIn, again, it's more so like, do we want to post this here? What's the value? You always need to be thinking about the end yeah. consumer. And once you think about the end consumer, you can kind of reverse engineer and say, okay, this is what we need to do. And that's just like anything, you know, if you want to scale to seven or eight figures, okay, reverse engineer, be in the same room as other people. How do you do that? Go on LinkedIn, go on. And you need to like, I'll tell you an example of that. Um, Alan Dom, one of the biggest, you know, real estate uh, guys in, in Philadelphia, he more so handles condos, right? Now me, as a 23-year-old man, I want to start investing in real estate, okay? Right. So I was like, okay, I, I want to have Alan Dom mentor me. And people were laughing at me. They're like, dude, he's not going to give you two seconds. He can't even give him, I guess, his family, like, you know, an hour or something. Right. right? He's so busy. You know, he's so busy. And that's what makes him great is he's working constantly. He's a councilman, too, in the city of Philadelphia. So he's all this great stuff. I wrote him an email about a month ago and I used, and, and I want the audience to take away my verbiage, right? Cause I think that for me, although I'm 23, um, you're probably a little older, you know, I, a lot of kids my age are like, Oh, I, I should have this like, cause I'm privileged. You know, yeah, me, yeah. Me. yeah. 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 I said, I was like, Alan, and this isn't the boast me. It's just kind of just to tell you guys a story. I wrote out the email. I said, Hey Alan, my name is Sean Boyle. Um, I've heard a lot about you. You're, you know, obviously king in, in Philadelphia. I want to earn, you know, a mentorship with you. I want to earn it, whether that's working for free or showing you value somewhere else or paying for a mentorship. I just want to make sure that you understand that I'm trying to, you know, obviously get value out of you, but I need to get give value to you back. Right. right? And that long-term mentality goes so, so far. People like I had my buddy the other day who he's, you know, one of my best friends and he, more so is one of these guys who just expects short-term gratification. So he was kind of doing the same thing. He was trying to get a couple mentors and he was using his verbiage wrong. He was like, Hey man, like I know this person, I know this person. And sure you can kind of rely on your morals, but at the core of it, what are you giving to them? What are you giving to them? Are you going to give them any single bit of value? Cause if not, they're obviously less uh, reluctant to, to work with you and to help you, um, to mentor you, yeah. you know, and being transparent is the biggest thing. So, that's really what I would recommend, honestly. What do you think? It's, uh, what do you think of LinkedIn Stories so far? All of a sudden, I noticed it just popped up. Last yeah, week. I, I love them. I mean, they're not as advanced, obviously, as like the Instagram and Snapchat yeah. where they have uh, features. And I don't want them to have fil uh, filters, right? I don't. I think that for LinkedIn, I think they should have more so um, a conservative content structure. Where sure you can type out words, you can do colors, all that kind of stuff. But in terms of the filters, I don't know if that's a good strategy for them yeah. because they're more of a conservative platform, more professional. And I think they have a good system right now. I don't think they need to, to tweak anything. 
Um, and then, I mean, sure, they need to, to tweak stuff for bugs, but in terms of the actual UX, UI, I don't see it being a problem. I, I think that I was making a couple LinkedIn stories the other day, and I, I thought it was fine. I thought that, you know, for, for what it is right now, it's a good platform. I think people need to be aware of it and just try it out, trial and error, and yeah. then see what we can come up with, you know? I'm digging it so far. I'm trying to see, yeah. trying to get an idea who's posting what and what the you know, what content people are posting. Um, you know, obviously a lot of my connections on LinkedIn are in the automotive space. So I, you know, I see a lot of like, you know, general managers and owners and marketing people from dealerships. And then of course there's all like the, you know, in air quotes, influencers and the, you know, the guys doing, you know, standing by private jets and all that kind of stuff, going to steakhouses oh, and, um, it's crazy and all that stuff. But I'm looking for, like, I want something like on Instagram. I like stories because they're, I either find them funny or it's cool pictures or whatever. Yeah. So I'm trying to think like, what's my expectation of the LinkedIn stories. And I just want like information, but I also want it like in a, like slightly not entertaining. Entertaining is not the word, but presented to me in like a, in a good way. It's, I, I don't know yet. I'm trying to figure out like, what do I want out of this? You know, I think I posted a couple last week. Um, you know, one getting ready for a podcast release. And then, uh, one, I was on my back porch, like at the end of a, end of the work day, right. my neighbor was having like all these trees cut down for like two days straight. So it's like nonstop noise for two days. Of oh course, I, you know, I've been in my home office for six months now. So I was like, this is so 2020, like trying to record podcasts, windows open in the house. I hear a, a wood chipper for a week. Um, so that's what I've been doing so far, but I'm interested to see kind of where it goes. So what I do for my stories, whether it's Instagram or Snapchat, whatever, is, mm -hmm. you know, subscription right now is king. The subscription model is a winner. And I try to have that mentality where, okay, although I'm not getting people to like metaphorically subscribe, but when they watch my stories, I want them to keep coming back over and over and over because as long as I can keep them in the funnel, the better, because they're still players, whether that's for my podcast, for my business, yeah. I try to make it a subscription model. So I'm thinking in the long term, what kind of content is going to be desirable? And again, this is the whole conversation we had. Instagram, I'm posting, you know, kind of my daily life, yeah, and being a little more loose, loosey-goosey. And then for LinkedIn, I want to tighten it up, be a little more concise, you yeah. know, have a, a strict approach of, okay, here's, here's what we're doing, and here's what we're gonna do, which again, it's just like the virtual tours where it's, it's up for interpretation right now. So people need to seize it and create something that's going to work and create a system. Like someone's creating a system right now for LinkedIn stories that is going to work we're, and we're all going to follow it in 2021 and you know, the years to yeah. come. So it's just following that model, man. And the, the subscription model, um, if you can get into it, you know, whether that's creating stories that are going to be keeping your, uh, you know, in, um, viewers happy and then ultimately getting them to subscribe to your YouTube, to your, you know, podcast, to your um, ebook or, or whatever you're selling at that point. I think it's so valuable because that reoccurring revenue model is king. You know, we charge hosting for our Matterport tours. And for the longest time, we didn't, which was such a mistake. We were saying, hey, we could do these one-off projects, and we want to do as you know, little amount of projects as we want for the biggest amount of money. And I was like, why can't we do both? Why can't we have a, a hosting fee? And for me, I was just trying to be too nice. You know, I was trying to right. say, hey, you know, don't worry about hosting. Um, because you got to think, for real estate, they're probably going to need it for what, two or three months? And then that's right. it. 
Yeah. So that two or three months is is still valuable. You know, the, these industry, uh, industrial places, manufacturing, they needed a little bit more automotive. Sure, that I have clients, dude, that we, we've had tours for five plus years now, you know. So it's a little, little uh, more of a long-term play. But the, the longer you can keep them in that model, the more you're going to be living passive because we all want to, you know, be sitting up on a beach somewhere and, and just take this business passive. So mm-hmm. that's ultimately where uh, my mind is at. And it's just... You know, you got to do it day by day. You got to really think long picture. And I think the the sooner people realize that thinking for the long term uh, is the better option, which it is, obviously, the better you're going to be off. And I think the more open minded you are too, the more connections you're going to have that foresee you as, you know, a genuine person rather than, oh, they're just trying to get something out of me. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's that long term perspective. And for me, I'm still struggling with it, you know, because it's like, man, I'm working my butt off, like, <laughs> where are the results? But I need to say, okay, I'm, you know, I'm only 23. I need to just be patient, keep working, keep being humble and just, you know, abiding by my own core values. And it's interesting though, man. I mean, there, there's so many things to, to talk about in the digital age, um, especially with content now. So it's, it's all for interpretation. You know, we just need to be authority figures and, and see what works. You know, before we wrap it up, I want to go back to one thing you said a little bit ago when we were talking about SEO and I'm interested in yeah. your opinion on this. Um, is it difficult to explain to your clients, particularly in real estate, the importance of SEO or why they need it or justifying the cost of it? Because it's sometimes this mysterious thing to people yeah. who maybe don't understand what goes into it because it's all this like back end. It's not st- something you see immediate results from. That's a great question. Yes, it is a little more difficult in the real estate, primarily because you're looking at, okay, if someone's going to Google single family home in Philadelphia, they're going to go on Zillow for that. They don't necessarily right. need rankings for that for their website, for like KW Philly, one of the large, not one of the largest brokerage in Philadelphia. They need to be ranking for brokerages in Philadelphia, um, real estate companies, all this great stuff. Um, if you Google the best real estate team in Philadelphia, you're going to find the Mike McCann group, which that's mm-hmm. an organic rank, $300 million plus team with the Mike McCann group. Um, so they have it down. They have it down pat. I think for your earned and owned media, for your website, for your blog, for your socials, all that stuff, you need to be, you know, due diligently taking an audit of, okay, what could be ranking for in the long term, right? Because for real estate in the short term, you don't necessarily need to be ranking for these properties. But for all these other industries, um, you know, it's a little easier to explain, uh, you know, to the average person. But yeah. that's why I say, man. It, SEO is, is that core. It's your foundation. You know, it's what you can build the house on. If you don't have that and you're just putting money into ads and ads and ads, I don't care if you have the retargeting of, you know, a, a Gary Vee or, or whatever, you know, some crazy ad person out there. You need to have SEO yeah. at the core. That's for sure. I always know when the podcast is wrapping up its natural flow, when I'm getting pretty much out of my stoke. And yeah. I'm pretty good low on the stoke. It, Try it. It's a S-T-O-K. Mm-hmm. It's cold brew coffee. It comes in like, you know, it's prepackaged like plastic, you know, uh, bottles yeah, right in the yeah. gro- in the grocery store. They don't sponsor me. I'd like him. I'd like to be an official Stoke uh, sponsor because him, my wife and I like, well, they go make sure you order three bottles of Stoke at the grocery store. It's, it's crazy. Try it. You will not regret it. And then get back to me and let me know if you liked it or not. 100% man, I will. Listen, this has been fantastic. I'm going to hook you up with that uh, real estate person. I know you and I are talking about OTT, Connected TV, in uh, next week offline. I'm excited about that. 
I, this has been super entertaining and educational. I hope the dealers have found it uh, informational as well. Um, Sean Boyle, I appreciate uh, your time. Momentum Digital. Uh, let's do it again. I'll, I'll I'll just hang around and wait for the uh, invite to your podcast. Let's do it next week. But Matt, thank you so much, my man. Listen, if you like the intro from Jim McCarthy, you're really going to like the outro. All right. Let's hear it. All right, here we go. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, man. Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is brought to you by... Wait, this guy has sponsors? Oh, never mind. This sheet of paper's blank. No sponsors. That makes more sense. For updates, info, future episodes, and more, follow on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and connect on Frackle. You guys made that last one up. That's not even a thing, Frackle. Come on.